You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil Hello and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. Uh, this is episode 63 and we are talking about The Two Towers, book 3, chapter 5, The White Rider. I'm Caitlin, and now that summer has officially begun, I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> I'm Rachel, and I am facing the World Cup stress death. And I'm Emmy, and I am in between fantasy novels, and I need recommendations. So tell me what to read next. I mean, you know, we we do this podcast where we read Lord of the Rings. But I'm only allowed to read Lord of the Rings one chapter at a time. Ah, okay, okay. I need something I can sit down and read, like, in a night, like I did The Goblin Emperor. I need books like that. Reread Gideon. Okay, but I've reread Gideon 11 times now. (laughs) <laughs> Gideon the Ninth is going to be the best book of the year. But yeah, I'm now on, I, I checked my iBooks and it's like, you've finished this book 11 times. So not just like gone through and read my favorite parts. Like I have finished the book 11 times. You have too much time on your hands. I really love that book. <laughs> really badly. All right. Second so, topic. The Two Towers. The White Rider. Who's, I mean, me. we know who's I'm, doing what. I'm yep. doing characters. 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 Um, so we have Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, our three hunters who are reaching the end of their hunt. Gandalf the White has finally appeared. We meet Shadowfax, um, as well as get mentions of Galadriel the Balrog, Treebeard, and his Entbros, and Saruman. And I guess Merry and Pippin. And but... Merry and Pippin. Yeah. They do spend a lot of time talking about Merry and Pippin. Theoden gets mentioned. Sauron gets mentioned. Yeah, uh, Gwaihir, Gwaihir, the eagle gets mentioned. Yes, yeah, I guess he's actually uh, a Nazgul gets mentioned. <laughs> There's a lot of mentioning. Um, but so the uh, short summary for this chapter: surprise, bitch, Gandalf is back. He's powered up. <laughs> that was a good addition. Perfection. It's true. All right. So this was a chapter of exposition. So writing out the notes was like, this person said this, and then this person said this. Um, yeah. But, but there was a lot of good saying. There was a lot of good stuff. Like I was just going to say, despite all that, I really loved this chapter. Me too. It was so good. Uh, there's a set of two pages, which coincidentally happened to be on like an open-faced um, fold that I just like, I underlined like half of the book. Nice. <laughs> Or words or pages, whatever, man. Words are hard. That's true. 
All right, so we are now back with Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli, and it is the morning after they saw that creepy old man watching their camp and their horses disappeared. Which Gimli- is so funny. That's just, ominous. <laughs> again, taking this like week by week, and you're like, oh yeah, it's been like two weeks since there was that creepy old man right there. That's <laughs> why I included just jump, the sentence. Just jumping right back to it. like The, the split, it's so funny. Because even when I first started reading this, I was like, right, we're still worried about that. <laughs> Uh, Gimli mentions that the old man did not leave any footprints and that that kind of freaks him out. And Legolas tries to explain it away, but Gimli is still wigged out and feels as though Saruman is watching them. Like Once still. again, Gimli is the most relatable. <laughs> right? Uh, Aragorn and Legolas discuss how the horses ran away, uh, how when the horses ran away, the noises they made sounded like joyful, happy noises, but not like they ran away in fear. And now, which is just more weird puzzle pieces that they don't really know what's going on. But they put these riddles from their mind and continue tracking hobbits. Everyone's number one fun activity. (laughs) Uh, They comb through the grass and Aragorn eventually finds uh, a mallorn leaf. Leak, Jesus. (laughs) Um, A mallorn leaf and some lumbus crumbs. And as only hobbits would be snacking directly beside a battle, they figure this must be them. I love so much that that's the uh, the argument. Not that it's the Malorn leaf and the Lembus. Like, no, it's, it's that this is what hobbits would do. <laughs> they would obviously carry this around in their pocket. Yes. Well, they would obviously it. break for a snack. The actual line is, that at least is enough to show that he is a hobbit. <laughs> uh, Aragorn sort of susses out that they were carried over to this area and that the orc who carried them was killed by a horseman. I said that super weirdly. <laughs> he's killed by a horseman. He's, he's half horse and half man, but not like a centaur. It's the other way around. Uh, I don't like that at all. You see him at every sporting event. And then that orc was brought back to the fire to be burned because he was dead. By the horseman. Shut up. <laughs> I comments that it is a good thing hobbits like to keep food in their pockets. And this also explains why the orcs originally just took the hobbits from their camp and didn't attack anyone else other than Boromir who was trying to stop them. Uh, Aragorn figures the orcs were ordered to capture hobbits and bring them back alive and one of the orcs was attempting to get them out of the battle so he could carry out those orders. I thought this was a bit of a leap for Aragorn especially as this is the first mention that we've had that he was even worrying about that but whatever about why it was just the hobbits that were taken. Yeah. Yeah that really didn't come up until he figured right out now. why. Yeah. <laughs> like, guys, you didn't, you didn't seem very concerned. But we were so busy before just talking about how much they walked. You mean ran. Ran. Very fast. Very far. Through lots of landscape. In I'm vivid detail. Uh, they realize they have to go into Fangorn to look for them further, and Gimli is dismayed about the idea at both the idea of going further into the forest and the idea that they will now have to walk back across Rohan to get to Edoras. Relatable. Yeah. yeah. I like that he's already worried about that. Like, they haven't even turned around to go back, and he's like, man, that's gonna suck. <laughs> Gimli doesn't like the feel of the forest, but Legolas says that it doesn't feel evil, but there is a watchfulness and an anger. Gimli points out loudly that it has no reason to be angry with him. Uh, and then Legolas says this interesting line that I thought I would read. So, <clears throat> after Gimli says that it has no cause to be angry with him. Legolas says, that is just as well, but nonetheless, it has suffered harm. There is something inside... Nope, this is not what I'm fucking looking for. Where in the fuck is it? 
I don't know. But I mean, that actually, that line you started to read is one that I really liked. That Right. That is, it's just as well that you mean it no harm. Um, oh, but nonetheless, it has suffered harm, which even though it was being spoken about, you know, trees in a forest, I think it's a good metaphor for any time someone's like, you know, hashtag not all men. <laughs> like, yes, like you didn't, you didn't harm it, but this, this person has been, been harmed before and maybe you didn't cause it, but that doesn't take that away. And I think that's actually like a really good line in that context. I do also, and the line that I was looking for is just two lines under it. <laughs> Anyways, so this is going to start out like I'm going to do a joke, but I'm not. Uh, okay. It is old. Very old, said the old elf. Balls. Shut up. I told you no joke. <laughs> you said you weren't going to. <laughs> so old that almost I feel young again, as I have not felt since I journeyed with you children. What? It is old and full of memory. I could have been happy here if I'd come in days of peace. I don't I understand had that this line. Underlined, I had that line underlined too, because you children. I was like, whoa. See, I, I clearly, I totally misread that line, and I thought it was just like since I was a child, kind of, kind of thing. Like I, like that was totally how I read it, and now I'm looking at it like, what the heck? I genuinely <laughs> don't know what he means here. So old that almost I feel young again, as I have not felt since I journeyed with you children. I can't... Like, does that mean they've been making him feel old this whole time? I don't know. Because that's sort of yeah. the only way I could string it together um, from a grammatical context. Oh, I see. I guess. Yeah, but... I, I guess maybe even though Aragorn is so old, like he, Legolas is probably like, so by much far older. the oldest among them but and then so he's used to being among elves who like far far outlast him i mean that makes sense but also then you come back to the if legolas is all like oh your children why wasn't he leading in any way shape or form this entire time he's been pretty go yeah. with the flow <laughs> and it also just seems something really kind of mean it's to so say. condescending and and yeah, condescending, that's a good way of putting it. And but like nobody comments on it. And in fact, what Gimli replies with is actually really nice. Uh he says, You're a wood elf anyway, though elves of any kind are strange folk, yet you comfort me. Where you go, I will go. But keep your bow ready to hand, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the where you go, I I will go thing. And that like, hurt my heart. It feels so good. Yeah. And I don't understand why he wasn't like, yo, Excuse actually you? for adults. Not a child. I don't know. It just felt really out of character and weird. Also, yeah. what was it saying? Like, I just, like, man, the forest is old as balls. <laughs> That's, isn't that the point? I don't get it. I don't know. Well, they're just talking about the general feel of the forest, so that's fine. Uh, anyways, it's just a really interesting line and that nobody really reacts to it. The only thing I can think is that maybe Legolas is basically treated like a child at home. <laughs> Could mm -hmm. be. Which, like, the only evidence we have to that is the Hobbit movies, which are bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't even call that. Really, think that that is evidence. But that's the only thing I can think. And that, like, out here, he's so much older than them that I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's how I I read it. It's like I felt really old when I was at grad school because so many people were coming straight from undergrad, and I was like. I am not that much older than you, but I feel like a matriarch. <laughs> so like, you know, he's out of out of his old forest and away from the elves and 
Yeah. I don't know. But moving on. They eventually find the place Mary and Pippin drank from the stream and washed their feet and are happy to find evidence of definitely two hobbits alive, but also note that the tracks are two days old, which leads to basically the best line in the whole chapter, which is, if we do not find them soon, we shall be of no use to them except to sit down beside them and show our friendship by starving together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love Gimli. It's so good. Okay, Uh, but they walk on from there and Legolas points out a hill they could climb to get a better look around. And this is, of course, the same hill on which Merry and Pippin met Treebeard. Aragorn finds their tracks at the top along with other tracks that are strange to him, being Treebeard's tracks. Yeah, okay. What is this creature with seven toes? Legolas stares at... Legolas stares at the surrounding area outside the forest and mentions that they have come the long way around and they could have easily all come together and not the long way around had they just left the river earlier. <laughs> Alas, such is fate. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Elf sight is more than twenty twenty. Let's not get into that. <laughs> Suddenly Legolas points out that an old gray old man in gray rags is behind them. After some hushed whispering, Gimli tells everyone to get their weapons ready and to not let him speak or put a spell on them. Uh, assuming that it is Saruman, Legolas gets his bow ready but does not attack, and Aragorn agrees with him that they can't just attack an old man in the forest without speaking to him first. Which I guess what? is nice. But, like, in not that long from here, they do attack him just as soon as he turns his back on them. So. <laughs> like classic Arthurian chivalry. And it doesn't really it, fit with the world. Well, it building. also only lasts has half a page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Best intentions? <laughs> I guess. They didn't try very hard. I'm sorry, I'm gonna make this about D D again, but I feel like this is like when you're like, oh fine, I shouldn't just straight up attack this NPC, but I know we're gonna have to get into a fight, so let's just show up and say hi so we can get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's better if they provoke you or something. Otherwise, your DM gets really mad when you just straight up murder the NPCs who are supposed to be recurring characters. But, you know, it solved our problems. <laughs> we one time accidentally let one die in battle because we didn't realize he was making death saving throws. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, because um, <laughs> we are so self-centered. So the old man walks towards them and says some really, oh, shoot, what is the word I'm looking for? He speaks to them in a very way that what is the fucking word i'm looking well, for i'm not sure what I, are you I, he speaks and it doesn't really tell them anything um vaguely opaque vague is good i guess it doesn't feel right but i'll go with vague he speaks opaquely obliquely i'm kidding i actually mysteriously <laughs> i feel like he says a lot without actually saying anything um, he says sort of, well met indeed, my friends. I wish to speak to you. Will you come down or shall I come up? But like, you don't get any information from that. Uh, so the old man walks towards them and, uh, you know, just basically says, yo, let's chat. But without giving a name or anything. And they're all just pretty sure that it is still Saruman, but they don't want to attack. Uh, but then he does some magic stuff on them anyway. So Legolas just puts down his bow and Gimli stands still and I think kind of sounded like he was a little bit dazed even though he feels they should attack but they I would they agree don't. with that yeah. definitely the old, acted dazed the old man starts up the hill towards them and asks what their tail is 
Aragorn then asks him his name and what he is doing there. The old man says he's there to ask what their tale is and ask and uh, asks if they have not guessed his name already. Says they have heard it before. He once again asks them to tell their tale and the three hunters remain silent. It's the most suspicious thing you could possibly say. Everybody is just like, what do you want? What do you want? What are you? Who are you? What's going on? Why do you all hear? But nobody actually says anything and it goes on for like a page. Uh, the old man says he knows something of their tale and that they were tracking the footsteps of two young hobbits. Uh, the three hunters remain silent still, and the old man says they should sit and talk and that their errand is no longer urgent, which sounds more menacing when he says it. Uh, as he turns to sit and his back is to them, the three finally attack. But Gimli's axe drops to the ground, Aragorn's sword stiffens and is suddenly on fire, and Legolas shoots his arrow up into the sky and shouts, Mithrandir, as the old man throws off the rags he was wearing and reveals who he is. Gandalf immediately responds and uses Legolas's name and wonders, one wonders why he didn't do that in the first place, to say like, hey, it's me, but whatever. Because he had to He just, he had to be mysterious. Yeah. Typical Gandalf. I don't know. Like, I just finished reading or rereading, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban. And there's that whole bit where, like, Sirius is just acting angry and creepy. But he doesn't need to be anymore. And why doesn't he just say, hey, you, I'm innocent. Please listen to me. And and so this just bothered me. Yeah. Um, Aragorn calls him Gandalf. And Gandalf seems to just now remember that that is a name he went by. Gimli asks him why he is all dressed in white since he apparently hasn't had an outfit change in the 2,000 years or so that he's been in Middle-earth. Okay, and Gandalf responds, Yes, I am white now. Indeed I am, Saruman, one might almost say. Saruman as he should have been. But come now, tell me of yourselves. I have passed through fire and deep water since we parted. I have forgotten much that I thought I knew and learned again much that I had forgotten. I can see many things far off, but many things that are close at hand I cannot see. And a lot of that paragraph I like because he's still <laughs> kind of being Gandalfy. But I always thought the line where in the movie where he says that he is Saruman as he should have been was a movieism, and I hate that line. So I was really sad to learn that it is from the book. <laughs> Why do you think you hate that line? Why do I? Hate- I don't know. It just. I mean, it's not my favorite line either, but I don't think I have an emotional reaction it's... to it one way or the other. It just always rubbed me the wrong way in the movie when he says, "Like I am Saruman or Saruman as he should have been." I I don't know. I, I genuinely can't explain it. I've just never liked it. And once again, he's like, tell me what you guys have been doing, please. And they still don't, really. And they sort of turn that around, and somehow Gandalf ends up telling some of what he has been up to. Which I get, like, that's what the reader is more interested in. But if they would just do it and get it out of the way, we could all move on. So Gandalf says that he did not find Merry and Pippin, and it was Gwaihiri the Eagle who told him they had been captured. He reveals that it was him who fought off the mind of Sauron on Amunhen back at the end of book one, when he nearly found Frodo, and that he knows Frodo has gone off alone. Legolas informs him that Sam went with Frodo, and Gandalf seems happy about this. And then, finally, the three hunters relate their tale in full from when they split in Moria. Uh, Gandalf is sad about Boromir and mentions Gladriel telling him about the peril he was in. He also mentions that it is a good thing they brought the hobbits along, at least for Boromir's sake, and also as they have now been brought to Fangorn, and their coming is like the falling of small stones that starts an avalanche in the mountains. Still so obtuse. (laughs) I also really like that line. Oh, it's an awesome line, but also like, yes, 
Come on, the Gandalf. hobbit's coming here is significant. You're like, why? Uh, Aragorn tells Gandalf that he still speaks in riddles and asks him to tell his thoughts more plainly. Gandalf sums up world events as follows. <laughs> so Sauron knows a hobbit has, a, has the ring, and he knows a company set out from Rivendell with the ring and knows that there were nine of them. He believes they were heading for Minas Tirith and planned to give the ring to some other power in Middle-earth who could then make war upon Mordor with the power of the ring. He knows his servants failed to capture the hobbits and bring them to him. In response to all this, Sauron believes war will be coming on him from Minas Tirith and has therefore started preparing for war and playing his hand earlier than he wanted to in hopes to strike at Minas Tirith first. Meanwhile, Saruman is a double-double-crosser. He has betrayed the White Council, Council and everyone who trusted him by siding with Sauron, and then betrayed Sauron by sending his Urukai to bring the ring to him, which obviously failed and ended up delivering the hobbits to Fangorn. Now, Saruman threatens Rohan, who cannot help Minas Tirith while, while being threatened. Gandalf also mentions that Saruman came to check what was going on with his Urukai, but had come too late and they had already all been killed. Uh, Gandalf has apparently looked into Saruman's mind. Cool. I'm not I sure. I'm still not sure if that's metaphorical or not. Yeah, I can't it, tell. Well, but then he like describes what Saruman is thinking and feeling, so I don't think it's a metaphor. I think he was like, excuse me while I dive into this dude's mind. Give me a sec. Ugh, so violating. Um, and then, well, he says that he I, sees doubt there and says that Saruman does not know of the quarrel between the Urukai and the Mordor orcs, and he does not know of the winged messenger. Legolas, um, sorry, I'm... Uh, this just reminds me of us having this exact debate about Gandalf with uh, Frodo. About looking into his mind? Yeah. I don't remember it at all. Wasn't that when Frodo was like hurt uh, blah, 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 after being stabbed? And we were like trying to figure out oh, if Gandalf right. had actually read Frodo's mind or just... And so, I, don't, I don't know if this is necessarily proof one way or the other, just that this is like how... This is how Gandalf is described, right? And it's like either meant as Gandalf can literally read minds or Gandalf is extremely insightful towards the human psyche. Yeah. Even if even if he did physically look into Saruman's mind, that still wouldn't necessarily be proof about the Frodo incident because he's a completely different Gandalf now. And we'll never know. Yeah. Anyways, Legolas immediately recalls shooting down the winged messenger and how it filled them all with fear. Um, which happened back in book one. Gandalf says that Legolas only shot his steed, and the messenger has since got a new one. So I guess those things just exist. I mean, I guess they're just a lot of those things. Once again, I want to know more about the breeding practices of Mordor beasts. Why? <laughs> Why? This isn't right. Remember, like what I was talking about. Like, I think we talked about the dragons too. Like, what are the logistics here? Of well, making more. No, you're not wrong. We did talk about that. Like, at least we like, learned that the horses, like, only black ones were stolen. So, you know. <laughs> Figured that out. There's something. But, like, just, is there, you know, does he have just, like, a breeding ground for these Maybe flying just, beasts? Like, pop out of the volcano fully formed. Like daisies. Hello. <laughs> I am a fell beast. <laughs> I am here to help you with your fell deeds. Well, and there was a moment. Is it just if you think really evil thoughts? <laughs> Um, there was a moment in this chapter, and now I can't remember where it was, but they talk about, they describe a sword um, that was left behind by one of the orcs, mm -hmm. and it sounds like, it has, like, it sounds ugly, but it has craftsmanship. Like, there's a hideous head um, formed yeah, on the end of the hilt, and the, and I'm just like, there, there's so much more culture 
to the orcs and the Urukai than what the movie gave us because they didn't have time. And I feel like all of their practices, not just, you know, the breeding of fell beasts, but like everything about their lives is more complex, which also this makes no sense. No it sense. Was, it was one of the Mordor or orcs blades that they found because it was the one who took Marion Pippin away from the battle. Mm-hmm. Grushnok or whatever his name was. I, I just made noises there. Is. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Gandalf says in response to Legolas shooting down the winged messenger, it was a good deed, but the rider was soon horsed again, for he was a Nazgul, one of the nine, who ride now upon winged steeds. Soon their terror will overshadow the last armies of our friends, cutting off the sun. But they have not yet been allowed to cross the river... And Saruman does not know of this new shape in which the ringwraiths have been clad. His thought is ever on the ring. Was it present in the battle? Was it found? What if Theoden, Lord of the Mark, should come by it and learn of its power? That is the danger that he sees, and he has fled back to Isengard to double and treble his assault on Rohan. And all the time there is another danger, close at hand, which he does not see. Busy with his fiery thoughts, he has forgotten Treebeard. <laughs> There's just so much in that in that paragraph. I mean, like, so the Nazgul are definitely back, and they're the flying thingies. But also, <laughs> like, where's the ring? Well, I mean, we know where it is, but it's Aramon. And that he, all this badness is now pointed towards Rohan, but also Treebeard is mad. I don't know. It's just a good paragraph, so I read the whole thing. Well, and then just there's kidding. the deeper metaphor of, you know... The Industrial Revolution forgetting about nature and like he actually forgot about Treebeard. The trees are alive and I don't want to say monstrous, but like they seem kind of scary. And you've just been walking into their forest and cutting down trees because you straight up forgot about him. Or didn't think he'd actually do anything. Yeah. Trees can't fight back. Joke's on you. So after that, uh, Aragorn says they have no idea who or what Treebeard is and he does not see how the hobbits coming to Fangorn will help. Gimli asks Gandalf it was him they saw last night, and Gandalf says no. Which is just, like, one of those things where it just raises, like, five million more questions. So, well, like, Well, Gandalf already explained it. It was Saruman who came to check on the battle, but the battle was done. Right, but, like, then why, why did Saruman just, like, stand there and stare at them and then leave? Well, I assumed it wasn't like he walked over. I assumed it was, like, a mental projection. That's fair. Because that they would... mentioned the no footprints thing. Yes, uh, that's get, a lot smarter, because I was just like, <laughs> he just didn't stare at these three people and <laughs> uh, walked away. <laughs> Gimli's happy that it wasn't Gandalf, which I don't understand, but sure, okay. I would have been much happier to know that it was Gandalf, and not that they were that Saruman was spying on them. But Gimli is happy that, I, I don't know. And then Legolas interrupts and is like, but where are these fucking hobbits? Because <laughs> nobody's fair. actually said anything yet. Um, then, sorry, can I go back, though? Yes. Or I mean, or I don't have to, but these are two, two of my favorite lines. Oh, yes, We're yes, right yes. in that bit about Gandalf and Saruman. Um, this is the section of two pages where I underlined everything. So <laughs> um, that uh, when Gandalf says that it wasn't him, uh, he says, "What? Evidently, we look so much alike that your desire to make an incurable dent in my hat must be excused." <laughs> I like that line too, which is just so I funny. That and page. that is a good line. And then later he says, "What? Bless you, Gimli, son of Gloin. Maybe you will see us both together one day and judge between us." <laughs> just like it's like the the wizard 
white wizard, you know, fashion contest or something. We're going to walk the catwalk and Gimli, you can judge between us. Does Gandalf the white wear a hat? Because in the movie he doesn't, so I never picture him with one. Or if I used to, I've forgotten it and the movie has replaced my image of that. I yeah. see we are silent. Yeah, okay, moving on. I mean, he clearly was wearing a hat, but... Yeah, I know. But Didn't so. they, they... He was wearing a hat and a hood because mm-hmm. he's Which also, hashtag extra. I was going to say, that was the part where I was like, so this hood must be gigantic. Because I was still picturing his classic gray wizard's hat with its point, and I just... He's wearing a baseball cap. I mean, probably. That would make way more sense. <laughs> and then it would be an average-sized hood. Uh, but, like, just from what we know of Gandalf's you know, past adventures, I feel like not wearing a hat would be very dangerous for him because he keeps getting an arrow through it. So if he doesn't his have, only armor. Yeah, if he doesn't have a hat on, they're going to have to aim at his actual head. Um, but that, yeah, that's when Legolas breaks in and is like, but where are the hobbits? Uh, but Gandalf simply says they're with Treebeard and the Ents. And everybody freaks out because they all thought that Ents were just old tales. And Legolas points out that Treebeard is just the common tongue translation of Fangorn. Uh, but Gandalf <laughs> appears to be speaking of a person. Uh, Gandalf then explains that Treebeard is the guardian of the forest and the oldest living thing that still walks under the sun upon this Middle Earth. Which I guess answers our question about him, about whether or not he was there at the beginning. Uh, well, well, whether or not Treebeard is the oldest thing. Well, I guess if they're saying he's older than Galadriel, then yeah, he was there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I still just can't. The only explanation I can come up with Treebeard thinking that he is older than Gandalf is that technically Gandalf's like physical body is only 2,000 years old. And also, technically, Valinor is no longer on the physical Earth, sort of, even though you can get to it by sailing. But, it, but they removed it when Numenor, you know, tried to get there and stuff. Um, I went a completely different direction with this, but you'll not be shocked to hear where I went. <laughs> tell was, me, tell me. Given that, what are the names that we gave to Tom Bombadil? <laughs> mm. Right? He's like, he's known as like the oldest, the first. Twins. Tom Bombadil is tree beard. <laughs> Maybe Tom Bombadil is like his evil twin. Right? His mirror universe twin. It's like, yeah. give, give tree beard a beard and that's Tom Bombadil. That was a Star Trek joke, sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, yes, I don't have any more conclusions to draw other than that they're both old and live in forests and clearly meant to rule it all together. And we never see them both together at the same time, so maybe they are just one person. Nothing or maybe there'd says be they're like not some, one person. Some calamity would happen if they were both together. Do, 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 do. <sighs> it's really just too bad that Tolkien had to die. <laughs> right? Man, what is age? Ugh. Yeah. So Gimli asks if uh, Treebeard is dangerous. Gandalf says yes, but points out that so are all of them. But that doesn't mean that they're not, you know, nice, which I really liked that. Like, we're all dangerous, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but eh. uh, uh, Gandalf then says, but now his long, slow wrath is brimming over and all the forest is filled with it. The coming of the hobbits and the tidings they have brought have spilled it. It will soon be running like a flood, but its tide is turned against Saruman and the axes of Isengard. A thing is about to happen which has not happened since the Elder Days. The Ents are going to wake up and find that they are strong. So, and then Legolas says, what will they do? And then Gandalf says, I don't know. But, and, and then, I do not think they know themselves. I wonder. 
Okay, but this bit was so great because I was listening to my not official audiobook and it had really epic music while Gandalf was, you know, giving his Ents speech there. And then Legolas said, what will they do? And then the epic music stopped and Gandalf said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. (laughs) Aragorn asks if they are going to go and join Merry and Pippin and Treebeard. Gandalf says no and mentions that the war cannot be guaranteed of being won without the help of the ring and has a moment where he is like tempted by it, even though it's not even there and is then immediately thankful that it is out of reach. I thought that was really interested. Mm-hmm. He then says that they must go to Edoras as they said they would, and he's going there also and all help will be needed. Aragorn wastes zero time in handing back the reins of leadership to Gandalf, but he does it in a pretty speech, which I'm going to read. And this I also say, you are our captain and our banner. The Dark Lord has nine, but we have one. Mightier than they, the White Rider. He has passed through fire and the abyss, and they shall fear him. We will go where he leads. And I get that that's supposed to be like this nice, you know, Gandalf, yay. But all I can hear is Aragorn being like, thank fucking God I don't have to make any more decisions. You do it. You do it. Yeah. Uh Legolas is all, whoa, 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 before we go anywhere, Gandalf, you're telling us how you got here. What, like, what happened with you? Um, Gandalf then basically says, there's too much, and also I don't want to tell you everything, but here's the Spark no- Notes version. Uh, he and the, and the Balrog fell for a long time. Gandalf was burned by the Balrog a lot, and then they hit the water, and the Balrog's fire went out, and he became a slime monster, and the water was so cold it almost froze Gandalf's heart. Then, still fighting, they slowly made their way back up to Casa Doom along the Endless Stair, and this takes them up to the point of the Xerox Eagle, which is one of the three mountains of Moria, uh, where Durin's tower was built on an Eyrie, uh, but it is now a ruin, and the two fight there for three days. The Balrog dies, and then so does Gandalf, uh, apparently I wanted to read when the Gan- the Balrog dies, so give me a second here. Also, because can I just say Slime Monster? Not quite exactly Ew. your favorite. Yes. Ew. The, if you look, I know on the special editions, uh, special features, the extended edition special features, there we go, you can see, uh, like, some concept art that they did of the Slime Monster, because they were going to try to include it, but they didn't. Probably for the best. It actually looks pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure it looks really cool, but that's just on the list of things that might confuse people one step too many. Yeah. <laughs> Although that said, I always like was like from the they were like from the lowest point to the highest peak. I, I fought the Balrog, and you're like, "How did you get up there?" And, <laughs> no, we have this whole conversation about the stair, and Gimli's like, "We we thought it was lost, or people didn't even know if it ever existed." So like, we actually know the logistics of this fight as opposed to we just fought a lot everywhere. On top. Yeah. Yep. And I like that as soon as they like popped out of the staircase, the Balrog, like, I don't know, snapped his fingers and he was on fire again. That's great. Yeah. So let me see. The last couple moments of the fight here. A great smoke rose about us, vapor and steam. Ice fell like rain. I threw down my enemy and he fell from the high place and broke the mountainside where he smote it in his ruin. Then darkness took me and I strayed out of thought and time and I wandered far on roads that I will not tell. And I mean, I guess that line's okay, but the line in the movie, it's just so much, I don't know. I just like it so much better. I think it's actually, I mean, it it's one that gives me a lot of admiration for the screenwriting. It's just like taking that and, and making it into such a great line. I threw where it really down, keeps the core of it, but yeah. yeah. I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon oh, the mountainside. You took it from me. 
Sorry. I'm sorry. You can go ahead no, and say, say it. it too. You can cut me. And then overlay nope. all of them together. Nope. Yeah, overlay all of us saying it. <laughs> nope. This has oh. been a great betrayal. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I'm here dies. for. We're sorry. He is sent back and lays on the mountain, staring at the sky for a while until Gwaihir finds him and takes him to Lothlorien, which it turns out, like, oh. Fuck me, I'm all turned all around now. <laughs> so Gwaihir finds him and Gandalf is all, take me to Lothlorien. And Gwaihir is all, that's what I was going to do anyways. <laughs> so there Gandalf is healed and they give him white clothes because they're nothing if not on brand. And he brought some messages from Gladriel for the three hunters. Uh, so the first one is for Aragorn and is, Where now are the Dunedain, Elisar? Elisar, why do thy kinsfolk wander afar? Near is the hour when the lost should come forth and the gray company ride from the north. But dark is the path appointed for thee. The dead watch the road that leads to the sea. God, it's so good. It's it's really good. And I love that she just leaned so far into that and was like, wait, I got to write him a poem. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs> And then to Legolas, she sends, Legolas, Greenleaf, long under tree, enjoy thou hast lived, beware of the sea. If thou hearest the cry of the gull on the shore, thy heart shall then rest in the forest no more. And Legolas thinks this is like a portent of his death, that if he sees the sea, he's going to die. So that's an interesting thing to keep in mind, I suppose, going forward. And then Gimli is super upset because Gandalf stops there. And apparently there's just no message for Gimli. And Gimli's like, but but I but I like her better than you all. And what is happening? But then Gandalf is like, oh, no, wait. I was just thinking about it. I do have a message for you because Gandalf is still dramatic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get a poem, brand. though. On brand. No, he, he doesn't get a poem. He just gets like two lines here. To Gimli, son of Gloin, give his ladies greetings. Lockbearer, wherever thou goest, my thought goes with thee. But have a care to lie to lay thine axe to the right tree. It does rhyme though, so that's nice. And then Gimli is suddenly super happy and is like finally welcoming Gandalf. You know, not back from the dead, but that he brought a message from Galadriel. Also, my the last of my favorite lines related to the trying to chop off Gandalf's head. Mm-hmm. Since Gandalf's head is now sacred, let us find one that it is right to cleave. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. good. I love Gimli. So good. <laughs> so the group of four leave the forest and are despairing the long walk to Edoras when Gandalf is like, well, I'm not going to walk. And then he lets <laughs> out the longest whistle of all time and Shadowfax shows up with Hasufel and Arid with him. Uh, side note, my brother spent a lot of time perfecting the Gandalf whistle. The one that echoes? He would do like a little like trill on it and everything. And just get that good. Mm, I can't do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. My whistling sounds like blowing into the microphone because I can't I mean, whistle. That whistle sounded like blowing into the microphone. Oh my god. Yep. No whistling. No, stop. This is terrible. This is terrible. Stop. <laughs> my whistles are all very low. Doesn't work. No horses for me. So they ride to- toward Edris and Gandalf closes the chapter with a badass line. Well, first Legolas says, I see a great smoke. What may that be? And Gandalf says, battle and war, right on. <laughs> I still don't forgive you. <laughs> uh, but That's that- all right. You can kick me off the podcast for a week. Nah. 
I, got I guess it. that is a fitting punishment that you get to go on <laughs> vacation. Thanks, Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was it. Chapter five, The White Rider. Gandalf is back, finally. I missed him. Guess who's back? Get back again. Gandalf? Gandalf's back. Tell a friend. Wow. <laughs> We're moving right on from that. Did anyone have anything else they wanted to bring up? No, mm-hmm. I kind of just uh, throw all my stuff right in there. I think just good, good, good. I do. Okay, here's okay. Okay. one line. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards no, the end, uh, when talking about shadow facts, was um, Legolas said something like, oh, great horse, I've not seen his like before. And Gandalf says, nor will you again. That is shadow facts. He's the chief of the Maris, lord of horses, and not even Theoden, king of Rohan, has ever looked on a better. Which... It's like a great line given that you stole that horse from Theoden. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, he hasn't seen a better because he was saving this horse for himself. (laughs) Because this was it. This was what he was. This was the one. Oh, man. I also love how in the book they gave that exposition or in the book, in the movie, they gave that exposition to Legolas, which I guess they just thought, yeah, he's an elf. He's old. People don't know what he knows. So let's just give it to him. Yeah. (laughs) That's really all of it. They gave all of the like epic lines. Took away all of Gimli's epicness. Yep. Also, uh, Gandalf carries Gimli on the horse instead of Legolas. Yeah. Which I guess, I actually have no idea why they didn't do that in the movie. Because boyfriends. That's Mm. fair. Yep. That's fair. They wanted to keep the shipping alive. I feel like there's a joke here about the things that you can do on horseback, but I'm not going to go there. I can't put it together. I mean, I think Gandalf also rides bareback. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, next week's homework is The Two Towers, Chapter 6, The King of the Golden Hall. Yes. yes yeah, I'm stuck in this whole bareback situation, so we're just going to end, <laughs> we're just going to sign off now. If you feel like you want to support the podcast, even though we just made that terrible joke, you can do so in a monetary fashion at patreon.com slash so you want to read Tolkien. Or you can buy, uh, in a non-monetary fashion, by rating or reviewing us on iTunes. Um, if you wish to contact us, you can. You can email us at wanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com or follow us and contact us on Twitter at toreadtolkien. I believe that is everything. I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel, and I've not been kicked off this podcast quite yet. And I've been Emmy. Bye. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, and then I did. That was a mistake. <laughs> Sorry, I closed okay, my poo. The poo. <laughs> Have you never heard me say that before? I say oh bother all the time. Anyways. Shut up. <laughs> no one is there. No one. <laughs>